Gracious Almighty God, we're grateful for your presence with us here today through your spirit that will enable us to hear and understand your word. And upon hearing and understanding, we pray that spirit may inspire us to live by it so that we might live for you and share you with others. To Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Our Old Testament scripture this morning can be found on page 979, 979 in the Pew Bibles. We shall read verses 1 through 5 of Psalm 145 and 17 through 21. 1 through 5, 17 through 21. Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. Verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. New Testament passage comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 20, verses 27 through 38. Some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second and then the third married her, and in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead, will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the bush, even Moses showed 
that the dead rise. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For to him all are alive. This is the word of the Lord. In her book, Glimpses of Heaven, True Stories of Hope and Peace at at the End of Life's Journey, Trudy Harris, a former hospice nurse, she has a story about a man named Frederick, a 78-year-old man with a terminal illness who lived alone. He was an uncle of one of her neighbors who lived in Boston. The neighbor and her mother wanted to care for him and decided to move him to their city. The neighbor asked Trudy if she would help them find a place for him. Frederick was admitted into the hospice center within a week of his arrival in Jacksonville. Trudy had the joy of visiting him every day. He was very elegant with a graceful demeanor and well-educated with a background in religion and philosophy. One day when Trudy was visiting him, Frederick was crying. She asked him if something was wrong. He shook his head and sobbed even harder. Tell me what it is, she inquired. No, 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 he said. Just sit here with me. This experience remained, repeated itself many times over the next several weeks. And each time Trudy found him in this way, she would simply sit with him until he fell asleep. One day he said to her, I've had an experience and I will tell you about it one day, but not now, but one day. A few weeks later, as Trudy was leaving the hospital for the night, she stopped in to speak and say goodnight to Frederick. He told her to sit down, and he cried for a long time. She held his hand and remained silent. Finally, he looked up at her and made reference to his earlier experience that he had said that he would share with her at a later time. He proceeded to tell her, that Jesus himself had come into his bedroom here at the hospice center. Gesturing to a corner of the room, he explained that he had where he had stood at the foot of her bed, his bed. Jesus' presence had filled the room with most incredible sense of compassion and beauty and forgiveness that he had ever seen. Frederick spoke of the love and tenderness he saw clearly reflected in his eyes and the awareness he felt of being loved deeply just for himself. He spoke quietly in awesome tones and with an insightful and graceful manner about this personal experience. Frederick got a glimpse of heaven every time he experienced Jesus, 
in his room. We discover the Gospel of Luke today. Others who also get a glimpse of heaven. The righteous leaders of that day want Jesus dead. They hate him because Jesus is disrupting their religious agenda and their political arrangements. In the previous passage, the scribes and Pharisees tried to trick Jesus by sending spies. The spies hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. They asked Jesus, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Jesus responds after identifying the image of Caesar on a coin. Give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's. They were not able to trick Jesus. The Sadducees had become a class unto themselves based on the hereditary advantage as descendants of Zadok. They had been granted the privilege of serving as priests after the return from the Babylonian captivity. These descendants formed the nucleus for the priesthood, staffing for Jerusalem's temple. The Sadducees are described by Josephus as well-to-do and men of high esteem. Perhaps a major theological difference between the Sadducees and the other religious groups is the fact that they do not believe in the resurrection of the dead. The basis for their belief is a strict interpretation of the Torah in which they claim they could find no reference to resurrection. They rejected the resurrection's witness of the other parts of the Old Testament, like in Job 19 and Psalms 16 and Isaiah 26. These religious aristocrats come to Jesus with a hypothetical situation. They ask Jesus, Teacher, Moses wrote that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, then that man is, must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Once there were seven brothers, the first brother married and died but had no children. And then the second brother married the widow and he died, buried, leaving no children. The same thing happened with all seven brothers. They died after marrying the widow and had no children. Finally, the woman died. Since all seven brothers had married her, whose wife will she be when people rise from the dead? Jesus' response to the question gives us a glimpse of heaven. We learn certain things about heaven in Jesus' answer. First of all, is that there will be no marriage in heaven. Jesus said to them, On earth people marry and are given to someone to marry. But those who will be worthy to be raised from the dead and live again will not marry, 
nor will they be given to someone to marry. Among the Jews in Jesus' day, the resurrection was commonly understood to bring an extension of the good life of this earthly life in which one's delights will be multiplied. This presumed continuity between this life and the next was not only wrong, but if left unchecked, could lead to a tragic era eternally. The love we'll experience in heaven will be far greater, deeper, and more intense than we can ever imagine. The love will last for eternity. Our love of God and our love for one another, that love will be perfect. There will be no distinctions like single or married or widowed or widower. One's former marital status will have no significance in heaven. And secondly, there will be no death in heaven. In his response, Jesus says, Those who enter heaven will be like angels and cannot die. Marriage and procreation are a primary necessity in mortal earthly life. So human life can continue. But since there's no death in heaven, marriage will be superseded. The quality of life in heaven is such that death cannot touch it. No dirge will be played for those we know funerals in heaven. Can you imagine a place where death does not exist? It's difficult to imagine that. That will be the case in heaven. Once we've been resurrected to new life with Christ in heaven, we will no longer experience death. We will live forever in the glory and presence of the Lord. And thirdly, in our text today, there will be an exhausted existence in heaven. Jesus says three times about the immortality of the resurrected in verse 36. He says, there will be, they are like angels. They are God's children. They are children of the resurrection. These phrases describe the eternal state of the redeemed. The first phrase, they are like angels, is particularly revealing because it teaches us by comparison. We will be like angels in heaven in strength, in beauty and strength. Our bodies will have power of which we now have no conception. We will have an enlarged mental capacity and a greater spiritual range. The pastor adjusted his height and knelt in front of a group of church preschoolers at a special service. He talked to the children about being good and about going to heaven. At the end of his talk, the pastor asked, Where do you want to go? The little voices shouted, Heaven! And what must you do to be able to get there to heaven? The pastor asked, Dead! (laughs) A loud chorus yelled, The preschoolers are correct. 
We must die before we can be resurrected to new life which Christ with Christ in heaven. At the end of his talk, the pastor asked, Where do you want to go? The Lord of Voices shouted out, Heaven! And what must you be to get there? The pastor asked, and he said, they said, dead. A loud chorus erupted, and the preschoolers are correct, that we must die before we can get into heaven. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44, It is the same with the dead who are raised to a life that cannot be destroyed. The body that is planted will ruin and decay. But it is raised to a life that cannot be destroyed. When the body is planted, it is weak. But when it is raised, it is powerful. The body that is planted is a physical body. When it is raised, it is a spiritual body. Like the angels, the character of these resurrected ones will be faultless. Like the angels, those in heaven perfectly will do God's will. We now pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But there in heaven we will always do his will. There will be no unrighteous desires, no covetous cravings, no proud thoughts, no depression, no inclination to sin. Habitual sins that afflict us so much will finally be gone. Like the angels... We who are redeemed will perpetually worship God. They cast their crowns before him. They all sing to the Lord God. And we will have even more to sing about because we have been redeemed. Joy will never be our emotion. Joy will always be our emotion because it's the emotion of heaven. To be like angels is to be like God's children. And the children of the resurrection sustain us until we who are redeemed enter into the eternal presence of God. Thanks be to God for giving us glimpses of heaven to encourage us and to give us hope for that time when we will live with him forever in heaven. May we continue with affirmation of faith as we stand.